Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fortitude Baseball Consulting Podcast, powered by National Sports Association. My name is Taylor Jelikowski, owner of Fortitude Baseball Consulting. This is going to be a podcast for parents and players to begin to understand what needs to be done to play baseball at the next level. In today's episode, we really want to hone in on the hitter's mindset, what that means to both me and Freddie individually, um, because we both had different approaches at the plate and different goals that we wanted to accomplish. So, Freddie, I'm going to let you start and kind of just go about your your mindset in the box, what you were trying to do, and a little bit on approach. Good. So I think I started off <coughs> where everyone usually starts off, where it's like you get in the box and you're trying to hit the ball and get on base and not look silly. Um, and that started when I was young. As I got older, like when I got to the USPBL, <coughs> I started – it's a lot – like that level is a lot harder. It was the highest level I've ever played at. Um and so you'll get out very consistently if you don't have any type of plan. And so, you know, one of the most natural things is to just hit the fastball. Um, and as obvious as that sounds, I never had someone that's like, look, you need to, like, sell out to the fastball. You know what I mean? But that's what I ended up doing at the USPBL because it made the most sense. You know, guys are going to throw you fastballs early in the count. You have to hit the fastball. Uh, but for a while, I was always, like, in between pitches where it's, like, I'm trying to hit everything and just be a good athlete and get my bat on the ball. Um, and the issue was is, like, I have good hand-eye. I could reach every pitch, but that doesn't mean I'm going to hit it hard for a base hit. So I would hit these balls, but they'd usually be ground outs, pop outs. So um, definitely being aggressive on the fastball and then uh, having an intuition that I'm about to do well. So it's, like, I'm about to get off my best swing at a pitch in my zone, and it's going to be a hit instead of just, like, that curiosity of, like, I don't know what's about to happen or what he's about to throw, uh, that always made me feel tight. So what about you? So for me, the most important thing, especially as I got to the higher levels, is having the mindset that, one, I'm going to do damage, and, two, I'm better than the pitcher. Because if you go in there with any sort of doubt or lack of self-confidence, you're out before it even yeah. he even throws the pitch. Um. So mostly for me at the higher levels, I tried to cut the plate in half. Um, so most of my juice was on the outer half of the plate, like hitting balls in the left center gap because I'm a lefty. Um, and I struggled a lot with fastballs in, like hard fastballs yeah. in. Um, so I had to kind of eliminate them. Even if they're strikes, I had to take them. Um, and I tried to sit on something hard out away. And if I could react to something slow out and away, and that was my – ultimate goal I was just trying to pepper the left center gap as as well as I could to be honest so um, at that at that higher level I got a question um because even at Jimmy John's like the pitchers would do they would have all these charts of like what type of hitter you'd be working with did you find that people kind of caught on to what your approach was hitting it maybe to the left side of the field that they were busting you in mm -hmm. so since I've been a part of, I was a catcher, so I was a part of a lot of pitching meetings also. Mm -hmm. They teach more so pitching to their strengths. And, like, they pitch to their strength and my weakness. I got you. So, like, instead of, like, combating my strength, they would seek out my weakness. So, like, if, if a pitcher's throwing 96 and has good command of his fastball in the inner half of the plate, like, I would find that they would just – like the first three pitches of the game, I would get fastball in, fastball in, fastball in. And it's like I would either strike out or cheat to it or different things like that. Like it, it wouldn't even be off speed. Like it's just one pitch. I know where it's going. I know where they're going to attack. But I pretty much had to either sell out for it or 
stick to my approach. And if he dots three inside fastballs, tip your cap. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like when you went to go train and do work in the cages, did you did you think about training for that inside pitch? So I did. So, like I said, my my juice has always been uh, the, to go the other way, and I tried to combat combat that by working on pulling the ball more, and in turn, I kind of lost what made me me and what got me to that level. Like by trying to pull the ball more, I just started to struggle. And I was pulling everything. Like I would, I would get an outside fastball or an outside curveball that normally I would clobber in the left center gap, and I would like maybe be too early on it and roll it over. Or like I just lost the sense of what made me me. So I think there's so much value in sticking to you. Like, and if they find out, like, hey, we're just gonna throw this kid inside fastballs until he hits it. You just gotta have like change up the approach from at bat to at bat, and go in there and be like, all right, I'm gonna take an extra step off the plate and try and make it more middle mm-hmm. than him. Right. So, I mean, it's it gets to be pretty advanced because they're trying to throw their best stuff. You're trying to put on your best approach and your best swing for your mindset and your approach. And it's just basically a coin flip. Like, yeah. Are they going to deviate from their plan or are you going to deviate from yours? So, so Freddie, what do you think – is the most important thing mechanically for hitters? Um, I'd say being on time. Uh, if you can have the best swing or the worst swing, but if, if your bat's not on time with the ball, nothing's going to happen. So I would definitely say timing um, is the biggest one. Right. What about you? So I actually agree with you. I thought we were going to have different opinions on this, but I agree with you in full. So 90% of what I teach is – getting into that back hip and being able to maintain balance and control and being able to be on time for multiple speeds, mm-hmm. not just yeah. foot down for the fastball. And if it's a curveball, you have to like kind of regenerate power. Yeah. Right. You want to be able to kind of stay in that back hip and ride it out and um, like essentially melt into your front side if it's mm-hmm. an off speed pitch. So um, yeah, that's, that's what I think is most important as well. I did not think we were going to have the same, really? same opinion. I'm going to be honest. Cause a lot of people are, very big on like the upper half. Yeah, that the, the top elbows yeah. drive back and down. Right, that's like, the biggest. You thing. need to get a proper scap load if you want <laughs> juice. And it's like, no, you need to be on time with the baseball. So, actually, one of the, one of the best hitting coaches I ever had, um, his last name's Kirloff, um, Dave Kirloff. So his son Alex was one of my teammates for a couple years, um, and he's in the big leagues with the Minnesota Twins now. But his biggest two things every time every video you watch of his, it's Timing and spatial awareness. Timing and spatial awareness. It's like, it makes perfect sense when you just sit down and logically think about it. Spatial awareness mm-hmm. from the point of, like, the ball coming at you? Like yeah, and, like, understanding, like, if you're drifting forward, you might be cutting yourself off, like, on an inside pitch. You're not mm-hmm. going to be able to get the barrel out as far. Yeah. And, like, understanding your posture and, and different things like that. And it's, when you just sit down and think about it, it's like, wow, it really does make sense. But if you're not on time from the get-go, you got nothing. You don't have a chance. Right. So. Yeah, timing timing's a tough one because it's like I'll have guys who I get on time, their foot's down, and they're in a good position to hit the ball, but they're still late. And so then you start to question, like, all right, well, how is he firing? Like, what's his cue to go? And and that's a, that's tough, too, because then the mechanics start to dive into it. It's like, okay, your your timing is good, but it's still bad because you're still late. And so now we have to do something 
to get you on time where you're actually hitting the ball out front. So that that's a tough part for me too because time, I mean, most kids look at timing as like my front foot needs to be down um, or I need to like sync up the pitcher, which is all true, but your barrel needs to be at the ball out front. Right. And there's there's more so, there's another way to say timing, like timing up your swing. So like I teach back hip 90%, like that's the main focus of everything I do. But for me, my last season in, in double A, I was – vertical my bat was vertical when my foot landed so like my whole body's firing forward firing forward and my barrel still has to go backwards to get in the slot mm-hmm. so there's a whole nother aspect of timing within the swing that yes. has nothing to do with the pitcher right so it's it's kind of crazy in that regard so there's multiple ways that timing is super super important yeah did you coach a team at all where at? just in general yeah so right now i'm the co-manager of the Woolly Mammoths in the USPBL, oh, nice. and I'm also the recruiting coordinator at Madonna. So that's 90% of what I'm doing. What would you say your team is, is dealing with at the plate? Dealing with at the plate, I think pitch selection is their biggest thing. So I, I have some conversations with like swings and mechanic stuff, but for the most part they're pros and they, they have a pretty good idea of what they're doing, but they take so many OO, like hitter count fastballs. And it, it just makes no sense because it's like a, a two one count, and you get a heater right down the middle, and you're not ready for it. Like, what are you thinking? Or a mm-hmm. three one count, or th- I mean, even in today's game, three zero. Like, I let them swing three zero. Like, mm-hmm. if you can hit the ball over the fence, hit the ball over the fence. Yeah, I'm never gonna tell them to take. So I, I don't know. What about you? Um, you know, I I'm a little different because I coach a twelve year team, but for the younger guys, it's like they're so afraid of t- of failure. So it's like you spend most of your time trying trying not to do bad things and you don't spend your time trying to do good things which sounds very simple but it's it's exactly what they need to do so it was really tough uh you know we had a good season but at the plate specifically i know we could hit better and that's one of the hardest things to get them out of and it's easy for me to look at them and be like look this none of this means anything but they're 12 they don't know any better so it's tough to like say guys there's not scouts out here looking for you and we would have these conversations like if you went 30 for 30 with 30 home runs, Vanderbilt's not going to call you because right. you're 12. <laughs> so it's just tough. I don't yeah, know. very tough. It is tough. Very tough. It's a whole different ball game than the Mammoths. Yeah, and I mean, understanding understanding the failure of it, too, It's there's value in it. Mm-hmm. Who can handle the failure, failure the best? And as a 12-year-old, you get – if you're not hitting 500, you do get mad. And it's like, why? <laughs> you're never going to be able to maintain a 500 average in any level. Yeah. So especially the higher up you get. Um, so failure is a big part of the game, and that's probably where we'll go with the next episode. See you soon. Peace.